everyone. Good morning and welcome to our new Chief Learning Officer podcast, Voices of CLO. I'm Ashley St. John, Chief Learning Officer's Editor-in-Chief, and it's my pleasure to be here today kicking off our first episode with our first guest, who I'll introduce momentarily. With so much happening and changing and evolving over the past couple years, both in learning and development and in the broader world of work, there's been an incredible amount of disruption and consequently so many lessons learned emerging from that disruption. And we are really excited to be launching this podcast at what feels like a very opportune time. We hope you'll join us along our new podcast journey as we hear from the movers and shakers in learning and development who will be sharing their stories, their successes, their setbacks, and what's top of mind as we move forward into the future of learning and work. If you have questions or an idea for someone who would make a fantastic guest on one of our upcoming episodes, I encourage you to shoot us an email at editor at chieflearningofficer.com. Again, that's editor, E-D-I-T-O-R, at chieflearningofficer.com. And without further ado, I'd like to just jump right into it and give a warm welcome to our first guest, Jennifer Buchanan, Senior Director of Field Learning and Development with Sam's Club. Welcome, Jen, and thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited for our conversation today, not just because it's our first episode of Voices of CLO, but because I know you have just so many interesting things you're working on at Sam's Club. Thank you for having me. Super excited about this opportunity to share what we're working on. Before we jump into some of the initiatives and programs you have going on, Let's talk a little bit about your journey to your current role. I know you've held roles in L&D with a number of very different organizations. So how did you navigate that to get where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So my story is, I think, like most L&D leaders, I'm a lost teacher. Um, <laughs> started my career out with plans to be an elementary school teacher. And my spouse and I were headed to Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany. And my plan was to be a teacher at the school on base, but I quickly learned that that was the plan of every military spouse overseas. So luckily, I fell into a Department of Defense role as a civilian with the 38th Combat Support Wing, running a program called Customer College, where I developed curriculum and trained troops across Air Force Europe. And that's really how I kind of fell into adult learning and L&D. And then from there, when we moved back to the States, I had the opportunity to be a training and curriculum specialist for Air Force Friendly Member Programs, so writing curriculum for school-age programs, as well as other development programs for families. And then from there, I did time at Central Operations Command in Tampa on staff at Defense Information Systems Agency where I learned how to work really fast in a really um, high tempo environment. And commander there helped me get a job. They call it going across the street, but at Special Operations Command, where they were moving the um, Joint Special Operations University, which is the schoolhouse for the Special Operations Warrior. Uh, They're moving it from Niceville, Florida, down to Tampa, Florida. There was an opportunity to be on staff and work as a registrar and as part of the methods of instruction course, which is how do you take a warfighter out of the field and help them um, become a teacher. And then from there, it was actually kind of serendipitous. I moved up to the New Jersey, New York area, and I had taken time off of work for maternity leave. 
and I had a job lined up with a National Guard education unit. And on my maternity leave, I um, met someone and her and I became fast friends. And at the end of the maternity leave, she said, you know, I'm the chief of staff at American Express in Manhattan and we have a joint consent order and need someone to build a training program. I thought you might be a good fit. And I said, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> to Manhattan and did the interview and was selected for the role. And I built the training program there during their joint consent order. And then after a few years there, I got a call from Walmart during the FCPA investigation and came down here to Bentonville to lead the ethics, compliance, and global anti-corruption training and awareness program for Walmart International. I was there for four and a half years. It was an amazing journey spending time over there. And then I had the opportunity to move over to the Sam's Club side into a broader role in learning and development. So I took that opportunity. I've been there three years and my scope is field facing. I own all the learning and development for the field for the 600 clubs. Wow. You've been all over the place. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, we really, CLO needs to do a a profile on you sometime soon. You have such an interesting career journey. Um, And it's so kind of funny that you mention Niceville. I I actually have a bunch of family who relocated to Niceville (laughs) from Chicago back when I was a kid. So I've been there. A million times, but whenever I, I mention it, people are like, it's really called Niceville? That's a real town? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a real place. <laughs> oh, yes. So let me jump into my next question. You know, you've written a number of articles for us and, and uh, you know, for, for other publications as well. In those articles that you've written and also through your involvement in some of our events this year, you've talked about research that Sam's Club conducted, I believe, starting back in 2020 to... Mm-hmm to confirm your hypothesis that there's a connection between career pathing and tenure. What are some of the key findings that emerged in the course of that research? So really, you know, as a team, our hypothesis was just, you know, if associates are confident in what they're doing and there's learning and development opportunities that exist for them, they can see a clear path for their career and they're more likely to stay with their company, with the company and not just specific to Sam's, but to, to any company. And so what we did was we um, conducted ethnographic research in the field. And I would really say, you know, there was a lot of findings, but just to kind of summarize it down, the three key ones is, you know, associates wanted customized or personalized learning experiences where that doesn't really come as a surprise, but a lot of what we heard was without having to spend time in a traditional classroom environment. So really leaning towards that flow of work type model. The second was, When we asked about different development areas for training, we would see associates rating themselves high on areas that they had little to no training on. And then finally, you know, the the focus wasn't just about developing skills for right now, but it was also for future roles in their career. So really kind of where it kind of brought us to was just that, you know, another way to attract and retain talent in this war on talent and the competitive marketplace that we're in is that we need to set the conditions and we need to enable learning. So looking at skills training as a perk or a benefit to help associates develop the skills that they need for right now and then also for later. How has your approach to upskilling and career development evolved in response to those findings that came out of that research and, you know, specifically in the development of your career futuring, finding your future at Sam's Club initiative? 
So we do know at Sam's Club that 75% of our salaried managers started as hourly associates in the company. So right there, we knew that was something that we really needed to lean in on, right? So we launched Sam's Field U, which is basically a single entry point into our learning ecosystem for all of our frontline associates at Sam's Club. So we knew from the findings that they wanted a personalized experience that was not going to be in the classroom. And we also know, right, that the research shows us that, you know, we'll retain more if we can immediately put the skills into practice that we've learned. Mm-hmm. So also transition to this flow of work learning model. And that enabled our associates to not have to be in a traditional classroom and put those learnings in practice. So what's really exciting about that is that we're also working towards a closure of all of our 600 training rooms this year. And, um, you know, some of the other things we did in response and kind of getting closer to this career featuring point that you asked on is we just revisited our content. We realized, especially when we were seeing that associates were rating themselves high on areas that they had never had training on, was that we probably really needed to start with basic with the content before going in depth on any topic that associates didn't have exposure on. And then really kind of where the career futuring place came to fruition was, you know, really in that third finding um, was that we heard a lot from associates about not focus on skills for right now, but focus on skills for the future. So we realized we really needed to take a future focused approach to our skills development and focusing where, you know, skills for the future of work is headed. So that's where we developed our career Futuring platform. And so basically, it provides our field associates with the essential knowledge to pave their future at Sam's Club. But it focuses on thing, um, career exploration and really the reflection of what are their career values, what are their preferences. And the reason why I think that's so important is because a lot of times we see, um, hey, here's a you know occupational assessment, here's what you'd be good at. But through this, what we're able to do is match what you're good at with what you're passionate about as well. And one of the other things that we were able to do with that is really utilize what I would call like peer-to-peer connections and associate sketches to really kind of reinforce that idea of if I see it, I can be it. Mm-hmm. And what we were able to do was put together sketches or you know, personas, if you want to call them, but real actual journeys of our associates and the points that they did in their career to get to where they are. And then that enabled other people across the club and across the fleet to see that. And then that kind of storytelling approach helped them realize how achievable a promising career could be with the company. And then, you know, finally with the career featuring platform, you know, we realized, well, okay, if we're going to talk about what we're good at, what we're passionate about, and what all the possibilities could be, we most certainly need to curate together all of the training and to contextualize it in a meaningful way for our associates. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, have you, have you heard or gathered feedback um, from associates on their response to this initiative? Yeah, so we have, and we've heard lots of great response from our associates. And I think that being able to connect those three pieces together in a digital way that's easily accessible for the associates was a really positive piece of feedback. The other piece was just being able to see the career journeys of not just associates in your own club, but across the whole entire fleet, right? So you could see many different ways to get to many different careers within the company. And then, you know, I think finally, like 
I, I can't draw like a correct uh, direct line between our career featuring platform and retention, but we know that developing our associates and providing them with a career path is a, a crucial factor, right? Mm-hmm. And saw that during our 2021 holiday season, we were at full employment. So it really helped for us to demonstrate that we're a part of that and we are on the right track with influencing turnover, where learning and development and career development as well are concerned. That's fantastic. Pivoting sort of a little bit, we've been talking a lot this this last two years in particular, like, you know, the role of managers, it's, it's obviously always been critical, but it seems that it's become sort of even more important as we've navigated these past two years. I know that at Sam's Club, you, you set a goal back in 2020 to develop and grow current and future managers. You made that one of your um, big goals. Can you share what you're doing in that area? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, where this um, goal came from is we were hearing from our associates that they wanted more development opportunities. And then kind of on the other side of the coin, we were seeing varying levels of importance that managers were putting on developing their associates. And we look at the development of our associates as part of that holistic HR investment where we want to increase tenure and reduce turnover. So what we put in place is what we call our manager quality program. And it's for all field and supply chain associates from hourly to management. And it is designed around a very simple framework of how do I identify, develop, attract, and reward talent. And the entire experience itself is digital and within the flow of work. And one of the things we were able to do was work with our CDNI group to create, um, they already had a values-based decision-making training, and we incorporated this as a prerequisite to the program. And Well, we have what we call leadership expectations at Sam's Club. So what the values-based decision-making training was enabled us to kick off with leadership expectations. What are the attributes we want every leader to possess? And then how do we turn our values into actions so we can deliver better results for our members? Mm -hmm. So a little bit more about manager quality is, you know, it's broken down into these four pillars, identify develop, attract, and reward. And the content within these pillars focuses on business critical topics with everything from difficult conversations to managing conflict, effective interviews, individual development plans, time management, financial acumen, just to name a few things. The program is customized based on your role. So we like to think of the program almost like as Lego blocks and Mm -hmm. Through it, each of those little Lego blocks clicks together and builds on that foundational information. And one of the other exciting things we were able to do with the program is utilize digital badging. And this enables our associates to showcase their achievement. And this year, we are on track for 50,000 of our associates to complete the program and earn digital badges. Wow. That's amazing. Are there sort of in the learning and development space overall, as well as in your organization, are there specific emerging trends that you're seeing right now that you're particularly excited about or where you see a lot of promise for, you know, this year or, or, or the future beyond? Yeah, absolutely. So I think definitely a big trend that we're seeing is the focus on skills development um, and really kind of this digital uh, badging and credentialing, but 
you know, how is that sustainable? I think that is going to be a big game changer. It'll help people not only find new roles, but better opportunities in the future and just contribute to their overall economic well-being. Another trend would be kind of starting to see this connection between higher ed and companies. Mm-hmm. Thinking about, you know, people think about what skills do I need to get into college and to then get in the workforce and then to see higher ed universities asking, you know, the same of companies. Um, I think there's something we can capitalize on there for sure. I think for LMD, there's definitely a call to action with the great resignation. Obviously, that's going to bring bring humongous skill and pipeline gaps. So I think if there's any time to be in L&D or for L&D to be on the agenda, it's definitely right now. And then the other piece I would say, not not to take us to Mars here, but I think there is a role for L&D in like, how do we play in the metaverse, AI, machine learning? and beyond? And how does L&D really um, become relevant in that space? And how do we draw connectivity between what we're developing today and how it fits there? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of crazy, the changes that are kind of on the horizon and that are arriving as well. In terms of your career, what is one of the biggest learnings that you've personally carried with you, you know, throughout the course of your career? I think it's really, it kind of goes back to part of this career featuring about like finding your passion. I think, you know, you have to find what you enjoy doing the most and then work to develop your strengths in that area. Nobody's an expert overnight in everything and you have to work hard to get where you want to be. But I think once you realize what your strengths and passions are and you really lean into those, then what you're doing no longer feels like work. Absolutely. How about a big takeaway, I guess, or a big learning for you from the past couple of years and everything that we've gone through with COVID and beyond? Yeah. (laughs) So, and there's a lot that's happened. So I think it's like that first part, like taking that passion I mentioned, and then combining that with perseverance to basically taking your skills and talents and using them, not trying to be something that you're not, but I think passion and persistence matter. Um, Definitely. and the other day it was like the grittiest people set long-term goals and and work towards them and I think like that's the thing in L&D right is like if you want to get to learning tied to business outcomes that takes a long time to show and it's just not an overnight success it takes years to build that but I think it's all possible and I think that just be is kind of through like not being afraid to show the courage and strength of who you are what your character is and you know being the smartest person in the room won't always get you ahead, but sticking with it will. Well, Jen, it's been a pleasure catching up with you today and you're always so lovely to talk to. I actually, so I ended up registering for the South by Southwest EDU virtual event this March, and I'm really looking forward to attending your session on March 7th, Learning Will Never Be the Same, which by the way, is actually the same day that this podcast will air. So what are kind of the big things you and your co-speakers will be diving into in that session out of curiosity? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're prepping for it right now, but it's really going to be a focus on learning reimagined and kind of the events of the past two years. And it's going to be a very feature focused conversation on how we see learning evolving. And maybe if we kind of put ourselves like 10 years ahead uh, from now and there was nothing stopping us and nothing in our way, what is it all going to look like? And how will that integrated experience come together? So I think it should be a really great session. 
Yeah, I'm excited to attend. You know, I have actually never been and I was just looking through the sessions and speakers and everything and I'm I'm really excited for that one. I should also actually mention that Chief Learning Officer is lucky to have Jen join us as a speaker for our April 27th Breakfast Club event, where we'll be talking about inspiring learners' spirit of inquiry, how learning leaders can cultivate a psychologically safe environment where learners feel comfortable, being their authentic selves, questioning the status quo, and ultimately driving innovation and creativity in the organization. So we're really looking forward to that. Once again, just thank you so much for being here with me today, Jen. I'm excited to catch up with you again soon and uh, hear, every, hear about what you have going on this year as well, and as well as going forward in the future. Likewise, thank you for having me. And to everyone listening at home, thank you so much for joining us today on Voices of CLO. From all of us here at Chief Learning Officer, we look forward to catching up with you soon and keep an eye or an ear out for our additional new podcast, the Talent Lab, podcast of our sister publication, Talent Management, debuting April 4th. See you next time.